Hey, audio-only listener, you are in a rare club. You are old school doing the radio thing. Most people are either watching uh, visually on YouTube or, of course, behind uh, the Mug Club membership at CRTV.com using that app because there are a lot of exclusive visual sketches and elements that you don't get in the audio-only version. But uh, either way, you can join up and support this show if you want it to keep going at louderwithclutter.com slash Mug Club. $69 annually for students, veterans, military. Just enter in that promo code. Not only do you get the mug, which enhances beverage flavor and aroma by 42% in most recent clinical trials, but you also get access to Not Gay Jared's Morning Grinders. Along with Courtney, you get Gavin McGinnis, you get Mark Levin, and we have some few we have a few announcements coming up. Some 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 big names, but we can only actually bring them in and provide them with a living the more you support the content. We really appreciate you listening or watching on YouTube and uh, hope to see you. On the other side, lottowithcutter.com slash club. Bernard Sanders, a man of humble beginnings from Brooklyn, New York, a University of Chicago graduate, noted communist, and perennial unemployed couch surfer until his early 40s. You know him today as a champion for human rights, income equality, and as the esteemed Senator Sanders. Healthcare, human rights. But Senator Sanders holds a dark secret, for when he consumes his devious transformation potion, he turns into Mr. Bernie. Unimpeded by logic, critical thinking, or basic impulse control, Mr. Bernie is an animal of pure instinct, privy to his most primal, carnal, and selfish urges. Uh, uh, human right. I'm the one percent! Fair share! Income equality! And this month, Mr. Bernie has but one mission. One fixation. For crying out loud, it's 2017! Why are so many living so high on the hog when others are left clearly without Mud Club? Try Mug Club completely free of charge for the entire month of October at louderwithcrowder.com slash mug club. That's a full three-month trial of Mug Club at louderwithcrowder.com slash mug club because anything else would be a violation of human rights. Obviously, this is a comedy show, but... Sorry, I have to come out and set this tone. Famous rapper who once bragged about God made me bulletproof was shot and killed yesterday. Turns out that actually God sided with his notorious foe, MC Armor Piercing Bullets. <laughs> do not, don't do not go further without consent. But your honor, I couldn't know, said all the rapists who suck at Pictionary. So the president went to check. Maybe it's the fact that for Miami, you wore a t-shirt of the guy who raped their fan base's moms. Oh, oh no. I can show you my wang.
It's amazing how smart you have to be to create something that stupid. Yes. <laughs> That's not going to get trending. That's not even a dance. I still have a hole in my tongue because of my wife's lovely pot roast. Thank you, sweetheart. You ever bite through your... It's just the worst. Now I, I know... I imagine AIDS is not as severe as biting through no, your tongue. I've seen it all. Mm -mm. Uh, we have a great show for you. We have Paul Joseph Watson. Boom. Later, nice. he's going to be last. So we have Gavin McInnes, Boom. and we have Dr. Jordan Peterson. Unbelievable, fantastic Triple show. Boom. By the way, people wondering why this in honor of Not Gay Jared's brass pendulous pair. I'll give a credit where credit's due. The Not Gay Jared shirt is on sale at uh, ladderofcuttershop.com. Speaking of which, mm. producing with me in video studio, as always, is Jared, who is not gay. Follow him on Twitter at Not Gay Jared. Meet us. Credit with your thoughts, your comments, your photoshops, as well as commenting in the YouTube section for people who are watching the, the stream or the archive. I fulfill my legal obligations, drawing conclusions. Are we good? It's confirmed. We're good. Gerald is here That's at right. Jr. He He's the sommelier with a plan. What's the wine of the yeah. day, Gerald? Look, I know this isn't going to help my cause out on the gay thing, but the Motor City Kitty Syrah, baby. Do you it don't is see, that's good. the exact opposite of that. It's the one time he picks the right <laughs> wine, Kitty, he's like, I know, it's a super gay. No, it's gay yeah. when you have something called Nicholas. It's gay when you have something called Mount Me Dear Lover Man. When it's called Kitty... Take it where you can, gosh, he has no sense of self whatsoever. It's good wine. I was going to give you that one. <laughs> it's good wine. <laughs> Can't do anything right, Gerald. <laughs> uh, we're also going to Why be debunking college humor. What a week it's been for humor. Right. Kimmel and then college humor. People I that suppose. suck at yeah. humor. <laughs> you don't have to even debunk the uh, the argument. Just just the fact that there's no college nor humor. Do you? <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, does anyone else out there? We'll ask Gavin. He'll, he'll yeah. have opinions on this. Do you watch late night at all anymore? I I, I can't imagine someone. It's no. so difficult. I still think Conan is the most skilled of the hosts in the sense that he'll get the best out of the worst guest. I don't think yeah. he believes in his own writers anymore. I think I get he's that trudging through, too. and he's like. I hate this too. He's funny, but, but his we're monologues, here. it doesn't seem like he believes it. No. no. Speaking of which, we have to get to uh, <laughs> our other stories outside of the main stories. The Nicholas Stick is now a thing. It's a corn puff snack with <laughs> Nicholas, face, Nicholas Cage's face on the packaging in Japan. Of course, this is something celebrities pander in Japan. Yeah. Just pick the most unflattering version of his face. I don't think there is any flattering it's like a version rough, of his face. That's a, it was a rough photo shoot for him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he cares that much. I'm he collected his drunk. check and went home. Though uh, they're, they're launching it now, but. Apparently, they have been having quite a bit of difficulty with uh, the advertising project. Do, do, do you find yourself often uh, with, with the munchies? Uh, if so, we have a snack that can be salty or sweet, depending on, on your preference. Now, now is, is that more along the lines of what you're looking for? I just feel like I need some, I need some feedback. I'm out here working and I don't... I, I love the Japanese fans. I, I love I love sushi and 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 Mount Fujima. I think that's how it's pronounced. Buy a snack. Can you buy the snack? Buy the snack! Buy the snack! <laughs> buy the snack! I'm not trying to be difficult. Okay, just keep rolling. Keep, 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 keep! Kanichiwa. I believe in this snack. Now that's that's shit. 
This snack is so delicious. I, I can't, I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't do it if I don't believe in the pro, I haven't had the snack. Can they, can someone give me any kind of feedback? Any kind of feedback? Let me. This is a confection that I think everyone will want. Buy the snack! Buy the snack! Buy the snack! Buy that whole take was shit. I feel like that was something that people uh, knew me for when it came to, okay, I think I have some more ideas. Whether you're, 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 you're gluten-free or, or, or you're I haven't had the snack. Is it, is it sweet? Is it, does anyone here speak English? Is it sweet, salty, savory? What is this? What's the snack? What's the snack? What's the snack? Tell me what's the This isn't going well. This is not going well. At all. I can hear you cringing in your seat, so <laughs> <laughs> at a certain point you just decide it's going to be unnecessarily long. That's how we do it. That's how we do That's it. What we do. Speaking yeah, of unnecessary, the FDA is now cracking down <laughs> on a local bakery for using love on its ingredients <laughs> listings, citing that it is in fact not a real ingredient. Not a ingredient. <laughs> Thank God the FDA is on the case. This yeah, comes they, on the heels of, of course, you know, the FDA, they've been in the news quite a bit. Quite a bit. For cracking down yeah. on other manufacturers and tightening, like, once relaxed laws. Good, good. Uh, for example, they, they uh, I don't know if you've read this story, they, they came to blows with YoPlay for their It's So Good yeah. campaign with the yeah. FDA releasing an official statement saying, that shit sucks. <laughs> And the FDA also, is, they're cracking down on famous <laughs> spokesperson Tony the Tiger was another story uh, for his use of the catchphrase, <sighs> they're great. Yeah. Because after gathering uh, hundreds of research papers into their meta-analysis, they released a statement uh, claiming that tigers don't eat cereal. <laughs> and so... Uh, maybe they would. I have no... That's Yeah, that's uh, the point. Yeah. <laughs> on a related note, by the way, also Los Angeles <laughs> County uh, PD has successfully brought charges to the Trix Rabbit after it was discovered that he had chained children to his basement <laughs> for stealing his tricks. People have snapped for less. I watched... That, I felt so bad for the Trix Rabbit as a kid. I know. You got that for the Trix one? Yeah, he did that. I don't know. I always thought they they uh, they put the cookie crisp guy in an unfortunate position. I think he had a poor upbringing. <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> Why? Because he was stealing stuff. He should have oh, been stealing. I get it. I get it. Yeah. You, we see you the, the, the Cinnamon Toast Crunch ones now. They like eat each other. It's like cannibalistic cereal. It's kind of weird. Cereal eats each other? Yeah. One, no, one of them licks I, the other I'm one and eats about, the other see, one. It's weird. You, you guys are trying to be cute. I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> the tricks rabbit. I watched them commit felonies. They beat up the Trix Rabbit when he had he had <laughs> lawfully purchased his own Twix. Yeah. Tricks. Tricks. Twix. Anyway. See, this is too deep for me. I was 17 before I realized what the it's that's great. It's great. Speaking of deep Grr, time, we just released uh, a new study. Here it goes, citing that 98% of mass shooters are, of course, male. Yet another field where we dominate. I think that's the takeaway. <laughs> Eat your heart out, Kimmel. Right? <laughs> See? See? There, there you go. I just, how could you be so insensitive? <laughs> Someone has to be. <laughs> this is, I mean, listen, I know you've seen, we've talked about it all with the Vegas shooting. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about it with Paul Joseph Watson. He did a great video, but sorry. There's enough people being serious We're, on this. I'm not saying it's right. No. I'm just saying, listen, you got to put that one up on the scoreboard for straight white males. They do that well. They do well. <laughs> got to give it to them. Better words do. It's Racist. their canvas. It is. That and, of course, uh, black males in the inner cities, but we don't want to talk about the gang crime. I'll so. talk about it. Racist! It's not real. So, on CNN, <laughs> 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 
CNN, I am so thankful that they've lost all credibility. Yes. CNN is now the most trusted in news. Most trusted name in news. <laughs> I just threw up a little. <laughs> like a got, negative trust. They got Darth Vader's voice. For mo- true, it's yeah. the most trusted name in news. Like, well, James Earl Jones, <laughs> you've been hurting since the Sandlot. He <laughs> <laughs> was in that. Yeah. yeah. About that. Good for him. He terrified me as a kid. I know it sounds horrible, but as a kid, I would have taken my chances with the giant Mastiff. Oh, yeah, that's true. So CNN, their story is they're going to, people are now investigating the Russian-linked Facebook ads, and they're trying to find out uh, exactly what was run and how it was so effective in targeting swing states as election like Michigan and Wisconsin. Well, you know, with Antifa, we've done some investigative journalism from from our end, and I know CNN won't do it, and so we have to do it here. All the time. Uh, Comedians, late night, but someone's got to do it. And um, we actually have some exclusive footage of the hacking process from Russia. We're fortunate to have it. Yes, Secretary Clinton. Make sure you do not visit Wisconsin. Oh, no, we're not going to Wisconsin. Thank you. I'm gone. I, 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 do we need to investigate? It's, it's so simple. Yeah. Okay, let me <laughs> let me assist you, detectives. Put a detective hat on. Um, no one likes you. No one likes you in the Midwest, just like they don't like you anywhere else in the country. Yeah. Just that in New York City, in Los Angeles, they feel compelled to vote for you because you have a D next to your name. And in the Midwest, there were some entitlements promised with corn subsidies, and so Donald Trump did pretty well. But the fact is, you never set foot in Wisconsin. <laughs> you just, you just, when you say nobody, we literally, we literally mean nobody. Yeah, yeah. it's not nobody. hyperbolic. No, nobody no. likes you at all. Even when you ask the people who, when polled, say they like Hillary Clinton, when you take a sub-poll, they say, I was joshing. <laughs> <laughs> you lost to the second worst presidential candidate in history, you being the first. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it, I, I can't believe that we're still on this. Every time, this is, you know, I, I don't know if it's just me. Every time I turn on the television and there's another Russia story, I just say, there's, there's going to be nothing. Yeah. This is, I know it's going to be nothing. Then, it, then they liven up with Miley Cyrus crying and weeping over Hillary Clinton on the Tonight <laughs> yeah. Show. So there's and some then something. Jimmy Kimmel weeping and crying yeah. over Miley Cyrus weeping and crying. There's she something just, refreshing. She's, she's just, just so sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> she has the heart of a lion. Shut up, Kimmel. Shut up, Kimmel. I don't like you and I could hurt you. All right. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of people I don't like, I hate that we have to do college humor. Oh, geez. Let that sink in. So <laughs> College Humor just did a whole segment, and it's trending right at the front page of YouTube before anyone had actually been watching it. So me thinks hmm. there's something going on there. Hmm. Do you remember when College Humor was funny? Comment. I don't. Um, <laughs> about why the suburbs are racist. And they go through, there's some valid arguments that he makes there. So you know what? Let's, let's set it up with the argument that College Humor makes as to why the suburbs are racist. And of course, it transitions into a, a bigger macro argument. But Let's go through this point by point because I'm sure someone sent it to you. But the fact that so many suburbs are mostly white is no accident. It's the result of decades of racist federal policy that affect us to this day. In the 1930s, as part of the New Deal, FDR created that loan was my programs cracking. to help Americans finance their homes. But to decide who got those loans, the government created color-coded maps in which green neighborhoods were good and red neighborhoods were bad. This practice became known as redlining. Because of these policies, if you lived in the green neighborhoods, it was super easy to get a home loan. All right, I can buy property. But for folks in the red areas, no loans were available. Now, I wanted to include that segment. Uh, I wanted to make it a little bit longer because 
here's the thing. They will take some valid arguments. This is what college humor does. That's what John Oliver does. They start off with some points where you go, oh, okay, who could disagree with that? Yep. And then use it to connect the dots and draw a line, in this instance, to today. But I'll give him that argument. Well, I mean, but it, uh, yes, redlining. But is it possible maybe those houses in the other neighborhoods were really good and it was nice, low crime areas? Is, I mean, like, yeah, but yeah, but then so, it's the chicken or the egg because obviously black Americans didn't have access to the same wealth creation tools back then. Right, but the they didn't draw the lines like every house wasn't equal to begin with anyway. No, it was right. it wasn't just exclusively because of right. okay, black white. Yeah, but mm-hmm. you can look at so the you gotta take back then. Too. There were systemic advantages yes. to white people. Agreed. So I'm saying let's give him as much okay. right. leniency. But that is a valid point, and. Uh, We'll continue here. Next clip. Okay, okay. This, this is not fair. I did not get to pick what color I was when I started. Yeah, no one does. And this advantage compounded over time. The families in the green or white neighborhoods were able to purchase homes and accrue wealth. Uh, and this is the crux of the video. <laughs> Here's where the white, he might as well have said, check your privilege. I see. It's where the white privilege argument begins. He tries to say, okay, 1930s policies, we get it into today's white privilege. As though there weren't, hold on a second, hold on a second. 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, early 2000s, as though there weren't any other policies <laughs> between then and now. Beware of this, this sleight of hand that occurs. We're, we're going to come back to it. It's going to be pivotal. Next clip. Which meant white families could sell their homes and send their kids to college. They grow up so fast. Passing down their wealth and advantages to future generations. Meanwhile, the red neighborhoods had far less ability to build wealth, and many remained trapped in poverty. This game is rigged. Yeah, it was. So there we go. First off, we're still waiting for the humor part. Yeah, Um, (laughs) not funny yet. The game is rigged. And he says, yeah, and they're still in poverty. So this is important here because it's not just an omission. And here's what I mean. Adam Conover, whoever's working on this program, obviously he's just a host. He probably doesn't know a whole lot about the topics he's discussing. they would have had to conduct research looking at all of mm-hmm. the decades. Yeah. They would have had to because of what they talk about later in the video. So he talks about people still being in poverty, but he ignores the fact that the African-American middle class, their income rose by 40 percentage points from 1940 <laughs> to 1970. Now, it got worse. Since then, it only rose another 10 percentage points. So there's something that 40 to 70 there was unbelievable growth, and then it got worse, and it even slowed down more if you look at the 90s. So th- there's a question that should be asked there. Maybe Adam can tell us why. We ended school segregation back in the 60s. Sorry, Ron, but I'm afraid ah. that's not true. Oh, geez. Ron, this is Nicole Hannah-Jones. She's a New York Times investigative reporter who covers civil rights issues, including school and housing segregation. Nothing a red-haired feminist can't fix. <laughs> well, may- maybe, uh... Red-haired feminist social justice warrior Nicole Hannah-Jones can from the New York Times answer the question in a truthful, unbiased way. Since property values in the white neighborhoods are so much higher, their schools get way more money to spend on things like facilities, teachers, and supplies. Ah, okay. I was wondering how long it would take to get to this. <laughs> Here we the go. whole white schools get more money argument. Uh, only it's false. Completely yeah. false. Verifiable. So, so and, and, and I knew this right away because I'd done some videos. Well, not get Jared's done some videos with me on Detroit. Detroit, mm-hmm. not exactly a bastion of the white man, uh, <laughs> has higher than average pupil, uh, per pupil spending. I think of the number here. It's, yeah, the average, national average is a little under $12,000. And in Detroit, it's over $13,000. What's funny is a lot of people brought this argument up when we were talking about Baltimore because in the national stage, they were saying, these kids just, it's not their fault that they're burning down CVSs and Walgreens and killing their neighbors. It's not their fault that they're rioting. They don't have access to good schools, though. (laughs) 
But and even try and then people are saying actually there's the higher higher per people spending in Baltimore than a national average. And even Politifact, I noticed when they were trying to debunk <laughs> this because I had this in my old show maps, their argument. They they made our argument. Places like Baltimore, Newark, they have the highest per pupil spending. It's not suburban yeah, white kids. Yeah, exactly. You remember when uh, Newark tried to fix the public school systems? Uh, Cory Booker, Chris Christie, and Mark Zuckerberg. Hold on a second. Define fix. Well, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg committed $100 million to this project. You know what happened? Still a problem? Zero. Yeah. Not a lot happened. Okay, but God so, bless Cher. Yeah. She said we should throw more money at Look, all the problems. Tr- trillions of dollars, 30, 30 years later, trillions of dollars spent, and we should spend more money for lower test results. That's the math now. Can you name me any other... Uh, any other facet of, of the privatized sector where you would throw $100 million at a problem with no, no results <laughs> of progress? Think a lot of pissed off residents, too. That's what. That's, that's crazy. They started eating each other trying to get the money. Like, I, I'm just trying to think of anything. Think of, uh, I, hmm. I don't know, think think of a, a local movie theater. Yeah. Think yeah. of a television program. Think of uh, someone who runs a construction company. If you were, Can you imagine just zero progress with $100 million? The it's only almost place, as if they're bad at their jobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost as if it's a black hole of money. Also, they're the only people who should have guns. Next clip. This is a direct result of decades of redlining policies enacted by our own government to build the suburbs. Highways that were built to make access to the <laughs> right. suburbs easier for white Americans will often run right through black middle class neighborhoods, destroying them. Now, that almost seem, it almost seems like an asinine argument. It's almost so absurd that almost. the only source she would have to validate her argument is her own her in the New York source. Times. How, how angry do you think she was when Rachel Dolezal came out and she's like, ah, oh, shit. You took my stick already. Before I can nice. break the ceiling. I was the real life style show Bob though. Yeah, I was yeah. though. You know it's real because you saw the kid doing it with the dominoes. I mean it is. It's re- real. They are throwing so much money at these specific money. The College humor. Have you noticed the graphics going up every single the, yeah. the, the budget for these things that they're pushing to use? Yeah, it's increasing push dramatically. Liberal policies. That is neither smart nor funny. Nor funny, <laughs> but the graphics are going well, it, up. It, it's yeah. increasing dramatically. The production budget. Same thing. If you notice, YouTube is promoting these. Uh, also, yeah. not only College humor but late night programs more heavily, yeah. and they're doing less comedy than ever. I would love this. I would love someone out there to do a study. It'd be hard because comedy is subjective. But even just about jokes per minute, if you could show the amount of money going up, the amount of promotion going up from not only ABC, NBC, CBS, and not only places like College Humor, but their support on YouTube and Facebook, and humor going down. down. <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel's funny bits get, less, they get less plays than Jared's farts. That's okay. true. So let's get, let's, sorry, we got off topic here. It which happens. is which is this is this is what this is what Kimmel can't do. He's always crying. He can't get off. He can't even. He doesn't have the luxury of getting off topic. Can we get back on topic, please? So talking about redlining policies, um, and it, Democrats have been against, and their teachers unions have been against school choice, Bingo. making it impossible for it's low-income like, students like to forever. attend different schools. The National Education Association has spent twenty-three million dollars during the last election cycle just to ensure that low-income American kids can't go anywhere else. And this is one, again, <laughs> comment, I've, I've brought people on the show, I've never once heard a valid argument. I know John Oliver went viral for it and YouTube featured it for six days. I've never heard a single <laughs> valid argument against school choice. Again, if you look at John Oliver, they say, well, some of these schools are really, because it's for profit, some of them are corrupt and some of them are bad, some of them aren't good schools. And so kids in neighborhoods with bad schools, they might have to travel further, but they're going to a crap school now. <laughs> There's no option it's almost, of maybe. Exactly. Exactly. It's almost like he doesn't understand free market economics. Yeah. The school's falling apart, but no, I'm not going to send him to a brand new school 15 minutes down the road. No. I know. It's not in my neighborhood. All right, we have to move on with this as though it's something that we need to spend time on. Go ahead. People in the past were the worst. 
It's not just the past. No, Adam Conover is the worst. Banks still regularly <laughs> charge black home buyers higher rates on loans than they do white home buyers, even when they have the same credit. First off, you should feel good about it because she mumbles worse than you, not Gage. She and does. She By the is way, the what worst. she just said, I'm not going to spend. It's actually completely illegal to do this. Yeah. When yeah. banks do it, they're fined millions of dollars. Okay, and that's it. Case closed, no commentary from Gerald, because it's that silly, go. But without realizing it, you've also gotten a leg up from America's history of racist housing policies. The suburb you live in was built on a foundation of segregation, and we can't close our eyes to that. We included the end card just so you didn't think we, that is how it ends. <laughs> That's how a comedy video ends. The only laughing is in mocking of the show. Not right a now. single attempt at a punchline. Mm -mm. Do you think nope. he, and yeah. he closes on a white guilt trip? How do you think his college papers would have gone without any kind of a closure, yeah. no disclosure <laughs> statement at all, no like wrap it up, this is our how we resolve this, how we fix the problems, nothing. Just, just How do you think his open mic right nights would have gone yeah. in comedy if it's like, listen guys, I know I've been telling jokes, but to get serious for a second, cancer's no laughing matter. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Close curtains. <laughs> Mic drop. Nailed it! <laughs> he invented ghosting in relationships. We can't close our eyes to that. Um, I'd argue we haven't. Okay? If only... <laughs> he, he talks about this. He talks about redlining. Again, we'll give him that. If only we had an example mm. of a policy, or maybe a series of decade-long policies, that legislated the exact opposite of redlining. More recently, maybe even, with hard data to measure its results. Could it exist? Is it possible? Yeah, okay, let's get to Fannie Freddie. First off, the Community Reinvestment Act, which started in 1977, was a direct attempt to reverse redlining. Studies show that it ended up contributing to worse lending practice, Oops. okay? And ultimately, it was the start of the subprime mortgage crisis. So then you go to Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. A lot of people throw this term around, they don't really know what it means, okay. This is basically, yeah, this is basically a federally, a series, that's an umbrella term often used, a series of federally enforced housing bills, which, again, the opposite of redline, it forced lenders to provide home loans specifically to people who couldn't pay them back. Yeah. That's what it was, the government came in and said, hey, okay, listen, you are going to give these loans to people who can't pay them back. Okay, um, uh, why would it, well, you're gonna have to do it. Okay, well, you know what, I guess we'll do it now. You know, it'll, be, it'll be like cars, you know, no money down, but a higher interest rate, so if they, they're high, higher risk, higher interest rate, and the government said, uh, no. No. We're gonna keep interest rates low, artificially low. So you're gonna give it to people who have no possible chance at paying it back. And you're not going to rate that. Here's, here's how the market works, right? You know this with, with, with cars. No money down, higher interest rate. Why? Because there's a risk-reward ratio, and they know, yeah. okay, there's a, there's a higher likelihood of you defaulting, of you not being able to finish your payments, and so they're going to charge you a higher interest rate so they make more money quickly. And that wasn't targeting specifically black people. That's no. just all poor people. Well, th th this was, all of course, it was under, politically, uh, under the guise of being politically correct. Oh, yeah, and yeah. yeah. predatory Absolutely. lending yeah. and yeah. white yeah. guilt. Well, here's the thing. What's so funny about that, the term predatory lending. Okay, let's walk through this, because you can see films like The Big Short. It puts all the, and yeah, the banks had an incentive because of the government, and they were corrupt, and then they the government were, bailed them out. They were kind of jerks. But, but <laughs> predatory lending, that term, predatory, predators in lending? <laughs> Think you, about that for a second. You didn't know like, you could hey, afford that money? do you want to take this free money with no intent to pay me back? <laughs> Master! <laughs> I mean, would it, why would anyone do it unless they were doing so effectively at gunpoint from the government, and then also they exactly. knew they were going to be bailed out? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there you go. If someone ever says predatory lending in an argument, um, they're too stupid to have this conversation with. Let's just just do the Socratic method. Well, what is predatory lending? It's when people lend and they're they're predator, they're lending and a predator they're lending to people who can't pay it back. <laughs> Might I ask why a professional <laughs> lender would lend to someone who could not pay it back? 
you, you're racist. Predatory lending is an oxymoron. What is an oxymoron? Can morons be oxes and oxes be morons? I don't know. This is an exa- so we have Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. It's a direct example of what Adam and the New York Times writers would want. Mm. Now, yeah. what, are, what are the results of this? Black families are worse off now than in the 70s. Wow. We've thrown more money at it. Newark, as an example, 100 million, nothing. Nothing. They're worse. Okay, you want to end poverty? This is something, and Ben Shapiro talks about this as well. Yeah. There are some things that we can do, that people can do, and all it requires, while we're talking about education, is teaching people. Here's what you can do to guarantee, statistically almost guarantee you don't end up poor, okay? Number one, graduate high school, okay? Dropout rates for African Americans are still significantly above the national average. Okay, that means a much lower, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> that means a much lower, I notice when I get mad about you, something Joe and I'm Pesci? trying to keep myself, okay, 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 yeah. okay. <laughs> Channeling Pesci here. So anyways, that, that's the first thing. Number two, get married. Oh. Married is one of the single biggest indicators of, of your ability to build wealth, period. And then don't have your children out of wedlock. Boom. 1965, 24% of black infants were born out of wedlock. By 2015, that number is 70%. Golly. Okay, stay married. Number three, particularly if you have kids. According to the U.S. Census, the poverty rate for single parents with children in the United States in 2009 was 37.1%. The rate for married couples with children was 6.8%, which means that being raised in a married family reduced a child's probability of living in poverty by 82%. Sexist. So we're talking about redlining and the red-haired feminist New York Times citing her own articles as valid research. (laughs) That's it. The single biggest indicator, well, after we have graduate high school, after that is, is, is gen- not only your wealth, but generational wealth, period. It's not even close. Are you married? Did you get married? And did daddy stay with mommy? The single biggest indicator, if you are a child, is that it, it, it's, it's a bigger factor than your school, even than your parents' income, as to whether you graduate high school, whether you go to college, whether you end up in prison, whether you end up committing felonies, whether you end up having marriages of your own and successful families, whether you end up being mentally well-adjusted. It is one of those things that no one wants to talk about, kind of like we talk about the gun stat, but we don't talk about the suicide stat being two-thirds of that stat because liberals want to actually allow us to, of course, induce suicide. They support assisted suicide. They don't want anything about actual suicide. Even in Canada right now, you can commit suicide homicide if somebody has dementia without their consent, it's really messed up. It's the same thing that's happening here. The biggest help they could possibly give is to go, it just, you wanna be a teacher? Teach people how to not be generational assholes. <laughs> Graduate high school, get married, stay married. Finally, the last point before we have to go to Gavin McGinnis, Adam Conover, college humor. Where's the humor? <laughs> Why privilege? Because I said it, though. At any point in this segment, did you even try? I just, I, this is, I can't tune in anymore. I'll talk with that about Gavin. You know, I'll ask Gavin about separating the next, and you can tell me. I'm just, I'm hyperventilating. Take a breath. It's, it's, it's the cocaine. Down the saddle of the queen. The laugh hang. Try Mug Club, completely free of charge, for the entire month of October at louderwithcrowder.com slash mug club. That's a full three-month trial of Mug Club at louderwithcrowder.com slash mug club. Because anything else would be a violation of human rights. There we go. Keep clicking. Oh, you've got to be cool. 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 Oh,
right, going with the uh, the fallen down look. Michael Douglas falling down look. That's his that's his new like thing. It. It's his shtick. Uh, host of Get Off My Lawn at CRTV. You know him. Most of you like him. Gavin McGinnis, how are you, sir? Who doesn't like me? Uh, well, you know, about half of population America. <laughs> I'm like Trump. I don't, I, you know, I don't know what just happened with you, Gavin. He, this is, he was sounding, and now he sounds like he's in a wind tunnel. Sounds like he's on an airplane. I don't know. What are you in an airplane stall? Yeah, uh, this is out of my hands. I'm just sitting here with a microphone, Dave. No, What's fine. going on? It's fine. Don't worry about <laughs> Dave. Just you know, Dave is the Dave is the unsung. Uh, I wouldn't say hero. I wouldn't go that far. But w now people were giving us flack, saying, "Well, why didn't you promote Gavin's show?" Couple, it was a timing thing. We we kind of did, and we had promos kinda cut. Did. And then, uh, and, and, and then first thing was, was Gavin just didn't show up. And then we had to go to Antifa. <laughs> and then we were gone. So it was a timing thing. So um, we, had to, we had to salvage it for my show. Yeah, it's all true. Get, Jared had this whole promo cut for you. What was, catch, what was your deal? Catch off my law with. Just kidding, Martin Grinders. <laughs> we had a difference of opinion. You thought that we, sh that we should uh, launch it even before we started. And my contention was I don't want to launch it until there's something there. Oh no no! I was talking about the time when you, we actually had the, the the time that we were sitting. I know, but that led that disagreement led to me not going there because I didn't want to announce it because I hadn't shot anything yet. So now, how many shows do you have? It's been going on for a while. For people who don't Seven. know, Mug Club members get access to CRTV Mug Club. It's it's a Wait, partnership. Stephen, you know, you obviously watch every single one. You know that we shot number eight today. I just don't count in my head. I don't know exactly <laughs> how many. I see them. I love them. You don't count. Well, you them. know, you've been following the past few episodes. You know, I'm doing the three types of terrible journey. And we did one and two this week, so you know that number three is going to be tonight. Uh oh, does that mean? Does that mean I'm, I'm going to be number three? I'm going to be on there for the <laughs> video. Yeah, the Crowders, <laughs> according to the Utah spokesperson. Hey, okay, we're going to start. To, we're going to talk. Uh, you, your first episode was was you were talking about how important it, you know fatherhood was, dads. Yeah, I sort of did two intros that, that sort of laid out all my beliefs because there's so many lies about everyone on the right yeah. where liberals say this guy's a Nazi, anti-Semite, sexist, homophobe, blah, 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 blah. Right. So I thought before I even start the show, I'm going to do two free episodes, put them on YouTube that just spell it all out. And, of course, every time they hear your politics or my politics or even Milo's politics, you go, that guy seems pretty reasonable. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. There's nothing there that that's that that is that crazy. That happened at the Ben Shapiro in, in Utah. Uh, you'd hear the you know the anti-fascists as they call themselves, Antifa, talking about how him he, he was a Nazi, and then you had people who worked on campus talking with us, going, "This is this is the guy who caused all of this controversy." I mean, even less so than myself or you or or uh, many of the other uh, I guess rabble rousers. It's 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 unreal. That's how far. But here was my point about that. You talk about how important dads were, but don't you remember Naki when we were in New York? You, you gave me so much crap for talking about my dad. Oh, yeah, yeah. You said you, you said, gay for your dad. your dad. Are you gay for your dad? Clarify. Yeah, how are those two uh, related? <laughs> They're entirely related. I'm just con no, I'm conflicted. I said you talk about your dad too much. That is a valid criticism of Steven Crowder. Separate topic, America needs more dads. We need more patriarchs. we got to stop this whole smash the patriarchy thing. That doesn't mean you talk about your dad every five minutes. Yeah, you have dads, but just a reasonable amount of like. Yes, yeah, you should dads. revere your mother. The second I hear anyone talk about their mom, I just go. So we don't need any more moms. 
No, you just don't talk about them all the time. <laughs> we need penises. Don't talk about your penis. Yeah, but that's how we're going to have more dads, is by letting people know that you, know, you talk about your dad. He's a great dad, funny guy. Letting people know, hey, there are good dads out there, because all you ever hear is kids talking about, my dad sucks. Yeah. He's such a downer. I hated that whole oh, sitcom era where it was nothing but just the stupid idiot dad. Gavin like... talks about that really effectively, the sitcom era. Oh, of, oh. We always that's what are the, I'm talking about. Yeah, we're Revere the dads is a general group, but don't talk about your mom or your dad. And yeah. don't ever say the word best friend. That's another big no-no in my books. That is weird when I've seen like like uh, people have their dad as their their best man at the wedding or something. I was like, that, that's oh, yeah, a but weird. I'm saying don't ever say the term best friend. You know, best you hear, friend. especially in LA, people go, yeah, me and my best friend, uh, we're gonna go camping on Thursday, and I go, what are you ten? Yeah. <laughs> best friend. Yeah. Where'd you meet him? Comic Con. They feel like they have half a heart with a brass <laughs> necklace. Um, okay, so so you <laughs> talk, but you still talk about a lot of politics, current events. This obviously. You know, you're, you're, you're a Canadian here in the States. So we talked about this with Boss Rutten. I don't know about you. When I was in Canada, I never once fired a handgun uh, in my life. And as a matter of fact, I don't think I'd ever fired a gun in Canada because it, I didn't go hunting. And ranges mm. were not plentiful around Montreal. Maybe they are now. Um, did, were you always pro-gun or did this change when you moved to the States? Did your views evolve? Uh I was, I've always been minimal government. Even as an, an anarchist punk rocker, I wanted whatever the government doesn't want, and the government wants to regulate guns. So I think philosophically I was pro-gun, but I maybe shot one twenty-two uh, with a rifle and went hunting with a bow and arrow once. Yeah. But then I came here, and you realize that so much of gun culture is about much more than guns. It's about government regulation and freedom and the history of America. It's it's interlinked with the Constitution in an inseparable way. Mm -hmm. So to be pro-gun here is a lot more than just it means it's, it's a philosophy that goes deep into your spine. Yeah. Well, actually, it goes deep into your country's history. A lot of Canadians get offended yeah. when I say this. I go, well, hold on a second. Let's think, why would guns be important to the United States? First off, we have nine times the population of Canada. But let, let's look at that. You have the queen on your money. Okay, Canada? So whereas the United <laughs> States fought one of the bloodiest wars in modern history to uh, overthrow the throne, to become their own sovereign nation, Canada kissed the ring. And that's an important differentiation. That's how they procured their freedom, and that will determine the course of the country. And I think a lot of Canadians don't just, they don't understand that. It's also a type of person, you know, someone who doesn't respect freedom and someone who does. I remember saying to David Cross before I got into baseball, which I'm also in, into in a big way, I said, why do you hate the Yankees so much? It's just transient millionaires sticking a logo on a shirt. They might not be there tomorrow. And he goes, eh, it's not so much the team I hate, it's their fans. And then I realized that's how I feel about Trump. It's not so much Trump I love, it's his fans. And I also, it's also, that's what I hate about Hillary. I mean, the people who hate Trump, I tend to hate. And I feel like with guns, you meet people who love guns and you go, you're cool. And you meet people who hate guns and you go, you're a dink. Yeah. You ruin everything. I don't want you at my barbecue. Well, I think it's, I think it's an argument. I, I, I maintain this. It's an argument between the completely ill-informed and gun owners. And that's about it. Yeah. If you've ever owned a gun, you know you won't believe the gun show loophole. You don't. You know there are universal background checks if you've ever purchased a gun, unless you're getting a Saturday Night Special in the back of a Cadillac. It's completely which is illegal. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's one thing we talk about too with the abortion. They go, well, if you think that, if you think if you j don't think that laws would stop people, well, then why do you want abortion laws? Because we want murder illegal across the board. It's not about the forceps. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how they think. Like they think they got gotcha. you. Have you got that one? Well, you're pro life until they're out of the womb, and then you. 
you don't care because hold on a second the only way you're talking about free health care we're talking you're talking about free college. Uh, free college all this the only way <laughs> universal to wage <laughs> universal wage how do you think you enforce the universal income how do you think you repeal the second amendment as was trending today by guys with guns it's the only way to do it well, they also, they've taken it as a given that their welfare system is best for people of color. And you go, <laughs> so if you don't like it, then you don't like people of color. And you go, no, 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 no. I don't think charity and food stamps and welfare is good for anyone. Yeah. So your assumption that I just want them denied food isn't correct. I want them to thrive. And the way you thrive is the tough love of the free market. Right. And their assumption that people of color need welfare is... Uh, it inherently Race. racist. Racist. Yeah. Well, we were just talking about that with the Adam, uh, Adam Conover. We just got done with that segment on the, um, the, the red lines. And he's talking about, you, you know, how the suburbs are racist. And I don't know if you've noticed this, Jimmy Kimmel's gun rant was number one trending on YouTube before it had 200,000 plays. Yeah. Adam Conover, it's not about what's trending, it's, it's as, about what it's they want as if to they're pushing it. It's almost as if they're pushing <laughs> it. Whereas Antifa, think, not a peep. None. 50 plus thousand likes, I think it got over 12 million plays across YouTube, Facebook, nothing, zero, nada. Um, this is one of those issues where they were talking about the same thing, we're talking about uh, racism that existed, and what he does is he says from 1930s, there were this red, these, these redlining policies. Let's give him that, therefore, up until today, systemic racism, white privilege, and it still exists. Well, hold on a second. Didn't we have the opposite of that with Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac? They ignore everything that occurred 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, early 2000s until today to act as though it's as bad as it was in the 30s. And uh, I don't even know where I was going with that, but let's get back to the gun issue. <laughs> I, it was just, sorry, we just got done talking about it, and that Adam Conover, that, okay, let's talk about this. Do you watch any late night anymore? Oh, no, no way. No, absolutely not. I can't do it. I can't do it. And I know we've talked about separating the art from the artist. Let me ask you this. As someone who's obviously been a comedian for a long time, at what point when you look at, at Kimmel, Kimmel, Conan, Samantha Bee, Trevor Noah, Seth Meyers, Stephen, every single one, they've all been in the same party. They all vote for the exact same candidate, endorse the same candidate, as Owen Benjamin yeah. pointed out. At what point does it change from separating the art from the artist, like Sean Penn, okay, I get it, he's a dink in real life, but he plays a great retard, I'll give him the award for that. At what point does it become just political propaganda and it's unwatchable? When do you, where do you think that line is? It's very, very close to the beginning. I mean, it's amazing, and this might be my own problem, but it's amazing how quickly you can ruin some art for me. Like, when Lena Dunham first did Girls, I loved it because it was so brutally honest. It was about vapid New Yorkers with no substance who are just spoiled rich <laughs> chicks who bitch about dumb stuff. And I, I felt like she was acknowledging that her life was shallow. It was a, it was a memoir. <laughs> yeah. It, it was cool. And then they said, there's not enough women of color and blah, blah, blah. And then she started getting political. And now it, to watch it would be like watching gay porn. Like I would just go, Ew. That's That's just her on the toilet eating cake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, watching <laughs> Lena Dunham nude scenes is effectively like watching gay porn. It's well, it makes you gay. That <laughs> makes you become gay. I, I see how gays see women when she gets nude. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you remember the very first, maybe it was the second episode, she did a rape joke. She didn't get a job. Mike Birbiglia was the person in charge of staffing, was HR, and she didn't get the job because she implied that the rape rate went down at Syracuse once he left because they were both alumni. I don't know if you remember that. I went back and I watched it, and it was like Joaquin Phoenix and Signs. Oh! 
great joke, Lena Dunham. I, I couldn't believe it um, because I watched it recently and then it changes to, again, it's the same thing with guns, same thing with money. What's okay for you is not okay for me. Rape jokes for me, Lena Dunham, not rape jokes for it's you. It's a deal breaker. Yeah, can, I know. Can you turn down, Steve? I'm worried he's feeding back on the mic. Are you doing your job? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what it is? So, so this is what it's like to watch. I have not smart Dave. <laughs> you know what it is? If you're getting close to that mic, it starts getting all, it sort of sounds like Charlie Brown's teachers. If you're if you're too close, it's it's it gets uh, it gets sensitive. Let me, final thought on this. So. Uh, we were talking about I don't want to ban this subject. I love this subject. Okay, go ahead. It's music, like Mindy Kaling, by the way. She was cool, kind of right wing. And then she started, her brother be, pretended to be black to get into school. And she totally turned on him. And then now her show is about how awesome it is to be a single mom. You should dump your husband if he wants more kids and just raise the baby on your own. Like that show in the 80s. I forget that. Uh, remember that show? The, the single mom show, the 80s sitcom? No, I don't. Anyway. I don't. Uh, I remember in Friends, Jennifer. That was a big thing. Jennifer Aniston just decided she was going to have a baby and no dad, and that like changed a young generation of women because it made it seem yeah. virtuous. They do it every six or seven years, and now Mindy <laughs> Kaling is that, and she's totally ruined. Or, or even David Cross. I, I, I buddies with him. Grew up loving his comedy. I worship the show, Mr. Show, and they did new ones that are sitting on my Netflix, just sitting there, and I'm too scared to open the package in case there's SJW stuff in there and anti-Trump stuff in there, and it's just going to ruin all that other stuff. So yeah. it, it's a very fragile, thin crucible, all of my favorite art. And it's just every time I go to look at it, it just goes and smashes. And I go, well, that's that ruined. It's, it broke just like the BFF bracelet. It's unfortunate. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. My best friend has one of those, actually. <laughs> See, he just hasn't given one to you because he knows you'll, you'll put it over a train <laughs> track. And his like best pen. friend wear it. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Right. He's the my turtle best dogs. friend. I'm not his best friend. You just use the term best friend. Stop it. It's embarrassing. I'm going to start I talking about my dad soon. My joke was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, David, David Cross is funny. I know you like him. Uh, the guy's a sexual predator. I hate to say it, but when you look at it, was it Amber, whatever her name is, she was accusing James Woods of, of, uh, of not even sexual harassment, a come on to her. And by the way, uh, no verification whatsoever. She wrote a piece in the New York Times saying, I'm tired of not being believed. Like, well, how about you provide some kind of evidence? And she only did yeah. after James Woods came out as conservative. Well, I don't know if you saw David Cross said, you know, two years ago, this 19 year old girl let me finger bang her in the back of a, a behind a dumpster at a Hoobastank concert. And I'm sitting there going like, okay, so clearly she doesn't find it icky for older guys to hit on her. And secondly, who was stank? And that's what made me no longer have respect for David Cross. It's like you you crap on Alvin the Chipmunks and you're at a Who was stank concert. It's the, it's two sides of the same coin. I mean, we're being juvenile in a way. We should be adult enough to go, that's the art. Who cares what the artist does? But I'm sorry, I'm not that mature. And when a musician or an actor or a comedian says something stupid about guns or Trump, which is basically 100% of them, it just rules out that that comedy for me, that art. I mean, art is fragile. Look at comedy. If someone stutters or says c c Colorado, no, not Colorado, the whole joke is done. Yeah, it's It has true. to be perfect. And they shattered all the time. I was just watching Ozarks with Jason Bateman, and he gets a young girl to rob a strip club and then offers her 10% of whatever she gets out of the safe. That doesn't make sense. Now that show's done for me. Yeah. I can never watch another episode because that is absurd. Well, no one watching this show will ever watch another episode. Retroactive spoiler alert. Thanks, Gavin. <laughs> uh, get off my lawn where he has the falling down Michael Douglas look. I don't know if that's deliberate, if it's his shtick, but uh, it works for him. I can't pull it off. 
off because it looked like a sex offender. It is available at CRTV and to Mug Club members. You can go there and join now. You got more. You got me. You got Gavin. You got Michelle Malkin there. You got Mark Levin. You got more. And we have Jordan Peterson coming up right after this, Ooh. talking about evil and the nature of it. That'll be good. See, bro, that's what I'm talking about. It's not all Photoshop and dick jokes. If you pay attention, they really go to great lengths to source their material. You could learn some shit. I mean, about real shit. Yeah, you know, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, economically, the flat tax still has higher income earners paying more in total taxes, but the percentage remains unchanged, which seemingly would be a more fair means of distribution, not to mention the policy's effect on monetary inflation. Do you care? What? You've been below the poverty line since a birth connect. Colin, I just checked her credit score and it gave us a 205. Damn it, Joseph Green, that's only because you keep checking it. Uh-uh. It kept in a hard strike. All right, glad to be back. A nice Chipper song. It for is. Chipper Guest. Chipper Guest, it's who's just else, been nothing but we know him happy. As an upper. No, actually, I'm really glad to finally get him back on because he was he was violently ill, mm -hmm. and people thought we were making it up. And then they were going, <laughs> "Is he okay?" And then there were rumors that circulated all the all the way from AIDS to he was on the run from the law. This is what happens on the internet. It mm -hmm. is a silly place. You know him. You love him, Doctor Jordan Peterson. Thank you for being with us, sir. Thank you very much for the invitation. Oh, well, there's always an I invite uh, extended. So before we get to anything else, I know your, your book now is up uh, at Amazon, a newer book. It's called 12 Rules for Life, an Antidote to Chaos. And uh, for people who don't know, the new self-authoring program is available online. Uh, people can go. There's a, di a credit discount code 917. Uh, what's that uh, URL, Jordan, before we move on? Understandmyself.com. You know what happened? I have it written down here. That's the and personality it, test that we had you suffer through the last time we <laughs> talked. I know. Yeah, I know. Oh, my gosh. Talk about taking a risk online. That's for sure. Yeah. It wasn't so bad, though. You didn't come out nearly as badly as you might have. Uh, well, you know, you know, the truth is I, I would need to take it again off air because there are some things that I, I can't answer, honestly, that would be self-aggrandizing. It's like, oh, I think I'm good at this, but I'm never going to say that in front of other people because that would be the narcissist. So, Or you could come out at 2% right, politeness. So, so you're basically just a private narcissist. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I only yeah. do it in my quiet time, in my rearview mirror, and I say, yeah. damn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that's, that's okay. That's got, okay. We'll just off. pass that one over in silence. Yes, this got off to a weird start. Um, I, so there, there's so many. Yes, this is a self-authoring program. People go take it. Uh, 917 is a Crowder discount code. We'll all be taking it here at Ladder with Crowder. We were supposed to do it this week, but the whole Antifa situation really, well, Jared had his hands full with an ice pick, quite literally, so we've had our hands full. Um, I wanted to talk with you about this, though, right now, Dr. Peterson. Obviously, you you know what's happened in Vegas and the States, and um, we were talking about this on, on a, a couple of episodes this week, where Jimmy Kimmel was saying no one can ever uh, understand why someone would, would shoot somebody else or commit this act. Now, I know you talked with Jordan, uh, Jordan, uh, Jordan Peterson spoke with Joe Rogan uh, mm -hmm. 
at length about Hitler and kind of about understanding, um, not justifying his actions at all, but understanding he's not necessarily this sort of monster you want to put off into a box, understanding motivation. But contrasting that with sort of situational ethics and the idea of moral absolutes, what's your stand? Do you believe evil exists and, and that some people yes, aren't yes, able I, to process that and it changes their whole starting off point in dealing with I, problems. I think that if you don't believe that evil exists, that you're either naive or willfully blind. Yeah. To be, I, you could tell, tell those who doubt that evil exists to go read about Unit 731. It was a Japanese unit that operated in China, man. You yeah. read about Unit 731 and then you you have a good discussion about whether or not evil exists. I mean, the, things were so atrocious there that the Nazis were the good guys. Yeah. Like, ser seriously, man, it's rough. I, and I would warn people against reading about it because it's so terrible that it's enough to burn itself into your memory in a traumatic way forever. Well, so there's a trigger warning for you. Yeah, well, you know what's interesting about that? Because since we're talking about evil, I do believe that today's left... Uh, it doesn't certainly progressives cannot actually acknowledge evil case in point when it comes to actually this was what you're talking about my friend Lee Dorn had a YouTube channel called how the world works this guy is a U of M law grad brilliant guy super high IQ an actual genius and he did a video and it was on YouTube and it was it was called um, Japan what they weren't the victims in World War II and he was specifically discussing the encroachment in China and some of the, the acts of barbarism committed on behalf of, of Japan now no profanity no graphic imagery YouTube removed this video as hate speech because they thought mm. that it victimized Japanese people so again if you understand that evil exists you wouldn't have a problem with a video out there explaining uh, the historical accounts of this YouTube saw it just as offensive because it was negative. And, and, and that's where the context matters. If you go, hold on a second, in order to prevent evil moving forward, we need to talk about it. But I, I don't think people who work at YouTube understand that evil exists in that capacity. Well, pe people who don't believe that evil exists, of course, they also don't believe that good exists. So that's a big problem. But they also think that people are purely determined, let's say, by their social circumstances, you know, and so that if someone commits a heinous act of some form, then you can always find a causal reason for that, generally as a consequence of their, let's say, oppressed status or their or their traumatic upbringing or 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 or, or such such things, discounting entirely the fact that many, many people have traumatic upbringings without turning out to commit evil acts and that many people and that there's many people at the lower rungs of the socioeconomic ladder say that aren't perverted ethically by their relative deprivation so it's an extraordinarily weak argument and right. i've tried to define evil you know and and i think the best definition is evil is the commission of harm for the sake of the harm yeah. It's like an aesthetic act. And I think the Las Vegas killing really falls into that category. Yeah, I so, do. I, I think it falls into that category, certainly based on what we know now. Um, and by the way, just let's say someone is mentally ill. That also doesn't preclude it from being an act of evil. It, that's you know, true. And, and the idea that the idea that these things are associated with mental illness is actually a very weak argument, first mm -hmm. of all, because the vast majority of mentally ill people are not violent. And usually when they are, it's the consequence of some like a delusion. Yeah. So so they don't actually know what they're doing. And there's absolutely no evidence that this shooter didn't know what he was doing. Yeah. You know, there's every bit of evidence that he did. And like the Columbine shooters were obviously not mentally ill by any standard class 
standard definition. And it also casts a dim light on the moral status of mentally ill people. Right. You know, like drunk people are a lot more dangerous than mentally ill people. Yeah. Statistically speaking, by, by a huge margin. And so, you know, you can define the an act like that which occurred in Las Vegas as mentally ill, but that's the only way you can make a causal argument if you actually define it that way. Right. No, that guy had a deep, like these mass shooters, they, they I think the story of Cain and Abel is the best d description of the, of the psychology behind these sorts of mass shootings that people develop an intense resentment for being, and, and there are reasons for that, you know, because mm -hmm. be, human experience is rife with tragedy and, and catastrophe, and everybody has a hard time of it at some point. And of course, everyone gets sick and everyone dies and has the people they love die. And life is very, very hard. And it's very easy to become embittered by that. And from bitterness to revenge is a short step. And from revenge to homicide or genocide is is another couple of steps that people can easily take. Well, I think genocide is just uh, genocide is just homicide with more accessibility to tools. Really, if you think about it, it's it's at that point you've already crossed over. I know. Hold on a second. Not because yeah, I had a question for it you. It seems it seems I'm thinking out loud a little bit here, but it would seem the liberals have a okay. They, they have a grasp on identifying the outcome of evil as evil, but it's the act itself they have a hard time getting a hold with. So you know they they would say that you know, the denial of health care to poor people that is evil. They right. say it's the outcome of things, but they have a hard time grasping that the act itself can be evil, that people can be evil. It's I think all it's the personal responsibility of evil. They yeah. believe it's situational. Would you think that's a... a yeah, a I think that's... I think I think the farther you are to the left, the more likely that is to, to characterize the way that you're thinking. Yeah. And but, I think that goes along with a general downplaying of individual human responsibility, which I think is one of the things that's very dangerous about the radical left. Yeah, I think I think you're right. And you know, it's an important point that you bring up about mental illness. You know, I have uh, someone uh, very close to me who uh, suffers from bipolar disorder. And do you know what that people think bipolar disorder is, uh, you know, you're running around like Daffy Duck. Do you know what that means is he is very manic and he gets very sad. He's very hard on himself and he shuts down. He'll lock himself in a room and he won't want to talk to people. Um, this was actually it was triggered by a very traumatic event where he, a, a young man uh, died in his arms. So uh, he is not someone who would ever be dangerous. And this is not someone who should forego his basic human right to self-preservation because someone else throws all acts of evil under this umbrella term of mental illness. And then there are so many varying degrees of mental illness. It's, it's a really important point that I think that you bring up. You can speak to, obviously, more professionally than someone like I can, but having experience with it, people, for some reason, they're, they're very anti-generalization until it comes to the widest umbrella term that I can think yeah. of that we use now, mental illness. Is it, if I take a Xanax to sleep, is that mental illness? I think it's, there's the, I think it's liberals trying to get a grip on using policy to weed out evil. And you're never going to be able to find a policy that fully weeds out the, evil, the act of evil, the, the outcome of evil. Yeah. Well, well, or even the motivation for it, to that, to, to, for that, sure. for that, for, for that, uh, for that matter. Um, you know, socioeconomic uh, security, let's say, can only, which I which is a reasonable thing to hope for for everyone. Sure. Although it's generally always comparative. I mean, people in North America generally have it pretty good from a historical perspective, even if they're poor. But the idea that you could use policy to make life sufficiently benevolent so that there would never be any reason for resentment and hatred and and for the degeneration down the path that that can lead you to is is naive beyond belief. I mean, you know, I've known a lot of wealthy people in my life and some of them 
well, far wealthier than anyone with any sense would like to be because it actually turns out to bring with it a tremendous amount of responsibility. Yeah. But they're by no means protected against most of the horror of life, you know. The people they love still get sick and, and can't be fixed. I mean, it's nice to have access to top-rate medical care, and I'm not downplaying that, obviously. Sure. But they get divorced and they have terrible trouble with their children, and the money sometimes exacerbates that rather than than um, preventing it. And, you know, the, the literature on lottery winners is pretty clear, is that most of them are less happy a year after they win the lottery than they were before they won it. And, right. And so... There is this deep-rooted idea that Dostoevsky criticized that has to do with the really rampant materialism of the left, that if you just gave people all the material resources they could want or need, that all of a sudden people would be peaceful and loving and kind. And I just don't think that, 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 that there's any evidence for that whatsoever. That's a great point, too. The materialism of the left, the few heads will explode with that. I've always, I've always maintained that position, that the left is the, is, is the party, the, the ideology, certainly, today's regressive left, of covetousness, of pre-transition, uh, uh, pre-redemption yeah. Ebenezer Scrooge. And then if you look at Ebenezer Scrooge, actually, a great, it's like the fifth gospel. He becomes a generous conservative at the end of that tale. You said the word transition. I can't get that I know, term. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. That Scrooge is a tranny. That's the new Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, and it's interesting, too, that you bring this up. I think this is really important because you mentioned they also refuse to acknowledge good. When you try and attribute bad in this or, or evil, but let's use all these terms here, to uh, being entirely circumstantial, right? Well, it was it was poverty. It was this upbringing. You really do shortchange and y y you cover up all the good that people have done under horrible circumstances. And you see That's for sure. And you see the left do that proactively with Ben Carson. Single mother in Detroit tried to stab her and she was saved by her belt buckle. He's not black enough? I mean, he was playing triple-A black ball. He wasn't on the B team. This guy had the American black upbringing, and they go, well, uh -huh, a second. We, we don't want to talk about that because, look, the schools don't have enough money. That's the issue. It shortchanges the good that people do regardless of circumstance. Hmm. Well, it also obscures the fact that um, misbehavior tends to dampen down across the generations instead of expanding. So here, here's an example. So if you're a child abuser, there's a much higher chance than average than that you were abused as a child. Mm -hmm. So it's easy to say that child abuse causes child abuse, except most people who were abused as children don't grow up to abuse their children. Exactly. So the causal, the causal track only runs if you look at the actual abusers backwards, not if you look at the entire population of abusers. And you can figure that out pretty quickly because if everyone was who was abused abused their children, then in two or three generations, every single child would be abused because it would spread exponentially. And so actually what happens is that despite or sometimes even because of privation, people become good people. And that's another thing that seems to be completely off the table for the radical left is the idea that deprivation and, and hardship can actually make you more compassionate and generous rather than less. And that's very common, in fact, that not always, obviously, and it depends on the degree of privation sure. and all of that. But it isn't necessarily that bad times make for worse people. Right. And so, that's actually, by definition, a bad argument. If you look at the Socratic method, we were talking about this with Stefan Molyneux. It's either a false premise or the failure to show that your conclusion actually correlates to that. Reminds me of the story you talking about this morning about the wrestler or the fighter who didn't want to give a speech after his fight. And it's like, well, 
Think about all the fighters who did. Yeah, he said, well, it was a really emotional time because he, he got his ass kicked, but yeah. he ran out and refused. But I'm going, people fight day in and day out. This is a professional sport, and they always honor their opponent with you know a, a, a concession speech. Um, and, and I do, I, I mean, we could go on and talk about this for days, obviously, but I think it's good that we got into the macro here about, about good and evil. And this is why it's important for people out there, the self-authoring program, because uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson helps you. Well, we're talking about personal responsibility, and we don't try and assist you, the viewer, with uh, providing tools where you can actually improve your own circumstance, then we're not helping anybody. So the discount is Crowder 917, the self-authoring program. It is new now and improved, so I'll be redoing it. And uh, Dr. Peterson, uh, where, where can people go find your book? Do you have an audio version? No, uh, not yet. Well, the book is still in, pre, in, in pre-order state, so right. it'll be coming out in January. I think it's January 23rd. Um, it's doing quite well on Amazon despite that, so I'm pretty happy about that, and I, I hope it lives up to people's apparent expectations. But yeah, it's as good as I could make it with repeated rewrites and some good editing help and all of that. Yeah. And so it basically lists a, a sequence of rules, uh, some of which I had posted on Quora under... Uh, things everybody should know, essentially, which became a very popular Quora answer. And um, it's an attempt, my attempt to provide people with a rationale for living according to a disciplined code, let's say, and, and, and an explanation of why that only not only makes you less anxious because it reduces uncertainty, but why it puts more hope into your life because more hope and purpose because responsibility even though it can be onerous, is also what gives you purpose and, and meaning, and that's yeah. really necessary. So you don't get resentful and hostile and dangerous. Well, unless know? I read it, then that's just how I react to everything, apparently, according to the press. <laughs> well, we so. saw that with your personality report. 3% so. politeness, Dr. Peterson. Now the whole world knows. But hey, look, look at this, a code of ethics. Apparently, Dr. Peterson needs to read the YouTube comment section because he doesn't understand that only the Sith deal in absolutes that call on the YouTube comment section. <laughs> Dr. Jordan Peterson, we will have you back soon. Thank you so much for being here, sir. Thanks again for the invitation. I'm looking forward to talking to you again. And now for shameless plugs while Hopper eats blueberries. Greetings, America. Hopper here. You have seen me tell you about the audio on... I love blueberries. And I have a lot of antioxidants. But... Anyway, saying, because of his bravery, the not gay jazz in the store, a lot of with kind of shop.com, is on sale this week in honor of him infiltrating Antifa. Come on, Blueberry's over there, gotta go. Hey there, one live read per week. Uh, we appreciate so many people, by the way, who've subscribed for Mug Club during what we were doing. I know we've moved on Irma and all these other disasters, but Harvey Relief, I know we said we'd get you those numbers. We're still waiting from the Prepare with Crowder food kit people, but we do know that the number uh, of, of dollars, I guess overall, because some of it was, was sent in food, is well north of $50,000 you guys helped with for Harvey Relief just through Mug Club subscribers uh, alone. So once we figure out the food kit, so it could, could, could be north of 100000 
You guys did that. It went great. directly to the Houston Food Bank. Uh, unbelievable. We appreciate it so much. And by the way, this is what allows us to keep going. There are 11 people employed full-time by Ladder with Crowder, people who make, it's made in America, good incomes. Uh, every single night, we're doing the show, well, Monday through Thursday, and then Friday is Morning Grinder. Someone will get me on the technicality. LadderWithCrowder.com slash MugClub, $69 annually for uh, students, veterans, active military, 99 for everyone else. You get this hand-etched mug, and you get the content. And uh, listen. We talk about this. This is what allows the free content to exist on YouTube. And now they're going to try and throttle us more. If you see Kimmel right now, and unless YouTube decides to send, our video is right underneath it. And uh, being able to fight back, giving you a late night alternative, a place where you can actually go and watch jokes, I hope there's some relief there for you. Mm. There is no other alternative in late night right now. I wish there were other people. There, there could be a half a dozen conservatives in late night, and we'd still would be about a third of the overall hosts yep. if you look at uh, the left when you include all their networks. So, right now we're starting. We're building up the network. You see, Gavin McGinnis is with us now at CRTV. Uh, the more people who join, the more we can add to that lineup, and the more content we can create. By the way, Owen Benjamin is going to be in here all of next week. Hint, hint. It's a permanent thing. Lottowithcredit.com/slash/mugclub. Appreciate it very much. I should drink from this. It will be a super show tonight. Every weeknight. If you can, uh, <laughs> sorry. I, I'm, I'm, I, okay. Come to Let Loose. Maine needs affordable health care more than almost any state. It's one of the biggest performances. Americans overall prefer Obamacare to this new bill. In Jimmy Kimmel history. Uh, Cecil the Lion. Uh, pictures of children who are not well. President Trump. Then who gets blamed? The Republican Party. Jimmy Kimmel Live, weeknights on ABC. We actually needed Congress to do nothing. And I don't want nobody. Want nobody. Want nobody. You got that right. All right, glad to have our next guest. We weren't sure if we were going to have him on tonight because he's over. He's across the pond. Across the pond. But he actually, here's the thing: we always have bad internet with people across the pond, except except for him. Except for you, you know him. You can make out every country in that map. This is true. Uh, Bitrate is not lagging. On the Twitter at Prison Planet, Paul Joseph Watson, of course, uh, Infowars.com, where you can see his writing and his videos. Thank you for being with us, Paul. It's good to be back, Stephen. It's been a while. It sounds enthusiastic. I'll take it. <laughs> um, so, so it's good to be back. Professional. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like this is no show this is. Yeah, because professional is a synonym for miserable. Let me ask you. Uh, <laughs> you did this fantastic video. I recommend everyone go watch it on the Vegas shooting. It's gone viral. It has, uh, last I checked, over 1.4 million plays. You know, we have to go undercover uh, in Antifa and actually submit Jared to physical, physical acts violence. of violence to get that kind of play. Um, I'll what? just sit in front of a map. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not even a singing singing map like Dora no. the Explorer. I'm a map, I'm a map, I'm a map. No tricks. No other lyrics. No tricks. None. Everybody's copying the map now, though. It's becoming a bit too much of a meme. I might have to get rid of it. Yeah, like everyone uses that breaking news uh, song that they get an Apple yeah. Loops. <laughs> um, but you did this video. You did it really well. You zoned in. I think a lot of people think because, you know, listen, obviously, uh, so sometimes there are sort of conspiracy theories that float around on YouTube and they've been falsely attributed to, to people. They've been falsely attributed to us, to you. If people go watch this video, it is incredibly even-handed. Mm -hmm. My question is, you're obviously, we can tell that you're uh, not from around these parts by your voice. Where did you learn uh, to be so, so informed, to be so proficient in dealing with the gun issue? Because that's not a UK thing. 
Uh, it's probably through um, years of the argument that, you know, we had the gun ban in the UK. Obviously, we had no any other level of gun crime because we don't have a gun culture at all. Right. But when they did institute the gun ban in the UK, the full handgun ban, which I believe was back in 1996, there was no drop in gun crime. It had no effect whatsoever. I believe that's similar to what happened in Australia. So it's, it was based on that premise, based on the fact that we've still got violent crime through the roof in the UK, which has risen again over the past 12 months. In fact, there was a funny tweet, uh, which I retweeted today, where they had one of these knife handings in my old hometown of Sheffield. And they were like, they were celebrating the fact that all these people had handed in these dangerous bladed weapons. One of them was literally a potato peeler. And like the rest of them were two different kitchen set knives. Favorite weapon of the oh, Irish. Like, that's the, not a joke. I've told this story. I was in Canada and at the burger, you know the story, at the Burger King on Tashro, a kid named Delroy stabbed another kid with a potato peeler. Oh yeah, that's right, that's right. So I, you know, that no person joke. was doing the Lord's work. That's the point, though. I mean, evil people will find weapons. They have mass stabbings in China. You know, we had 80, what, 84, 86 people killed in Nice just over a year ago. We've had numerous similar attacks since. What are you going to do? Ban trucks? It's just not an argument. I mean, there is a thing about the bump fire, which the NRA literally about an hour ago said they or indicated they're probably going to cave on. So that I don't know how you feel about that. It's probably a separate argument, but... I mean, it's you know what, that's, Times, for, that's for optics. That's I will. So I'll let you continue yeah. with your point, but I'll go back to the NRA in a second. But continue. Now, the New York Times coming out with the editorial today. Let's repeal the second. You're not going to repeal the Second Amendment, okay? If you want to prevent carnage and bloodbath, don't repeal a fundamental right that's part of the heritage of America. It's going to create carnage. It's going to create an actual civil war and a bloodbath. If you go door to door and try and take everybody's guns, and that's what they were talking. I mean, you saw the Jimmy Kimmel rant. It wasn't just about automatic guns. It wasn't just about bump fire ammo. It was about all guns. He went through every point. It was completely debunked, by the way. But again, it's like yeah. what Bill Clinton said. You know, you get rid of the Second Amendment like you eat an elephant piece by piece. They're not going to stop. No. That's the point. I don't know that that would even qualify as a rant with Jimmy Kimmel. He didn't get through a couple of words edgewise. But <laughs> he, he just has onions in his pocket. Maybe. He almost cried as much as with Cecil the Lion. So I'll give him credit where it's due. What a pussy. So, <laughs> but of course, he's got armed security and he's just increased it over the past two weeks. But well, no, you can't have guns. And I think that's a big. there's a big gap between people who have some level of notoriety. I certainly wouldn't say I'm famous, uh, but, you know, people know who you are. That people often come up and want to take pictures. Um, I don't have a full-on armed security detail. People who get these network deals and they get a ton, despite no viewership, they have the money and they do have armed security details. So they are, it's, it's like hiring uh, a personal chef. You don't know how to cook. You don't know anything about it. This person may not know a knife from a potato peeler, but because they have a chef do it for them. Whereas if you're at the point that you're cooking yourself, you understand what's required. We need to defend ourselves. Um, and uh, you were talking about the NRA. I will say this. With the bump fire stocks, a lot of people don't know, it's, it's basically something that helps with a technique, a bump fire stock, using the recoil to act like a full automatic. And that's where we were when we heard the gunshots initially. It sounded, that's, it sounded to me when I first heard it, I'm like, that doesn't sound like an automatic weapon. Well, no, definitely it's too not. perfect. Of a of a um, rattling, it's like the, the rhythm was too perfect. No, it was the opposite. It, sounded, it, was, it was oh too imp it was too it was imperfect. Too imperfect to because be. an automatic is it's automatic. Whereas the bump, you know, you can hear the bump. The NRA is a lot about optics. They cave on issues where they don't have to. They don't really often. The NRA was designed to fight cases that matter 
all the way up. They don't really take on a lot of state-level cases anymore. They take cases that have been fought by little guys, and they do it at the Supreme Court to raise more money. And I listen, the NRA is important, the Second Amendment is important, but what does bother me about the NRA is situations like this, where people at the NRA know better, but they know, oh, th this is something we have to do in the public eye. And then sometimes they'll actually stomp on other Second Amendment organizations who are actually doing the Lord's work. Sometimes they'll stomp on Second Amendment businesses, like they've done with the USCCA and, and mm -hmm. firearm insurance when they're supposed to be a nonprofit. So this is one thing, too. It's a, it's a discussion we can have about the Second Amendment nonprofits and causes, but it's not the time for it. This is where the left just thinks, well, you're all NRA people. Actually, there are different factions on the right. We have different points yeah. of view. What would, what would someone like your, your view be on this as far as uh, when they say sensible gun control? What, what do you think would be an appropriate middle ground as someone from the UK who's seen the bloodshed over there? Um, it's a completely different culture. The fact is they're, they're never on their high horse about gun control when we talk about male suicide, because of course now in the aftermath of this, they're blaming all men. You know, it's 50% of gun deaths in the US are suicide. That's not a national conversation. Right. It hasn't been despite suicides rising. So, you know, gang violence is what, I think one fifth of homicides in the United States is gang violence related. Don't want to talk about that. Black lives matter unless there's black people killing each other, which is a you know primary cause of that. So again, they, it's complete hypocrisy. Going back to what you said about how this has been handled with the aftermath on YouTube, which I really want to get to. Yeah. Literally about an hour ago, YouTube came out and said, we're going to change our algorithm to bury these conspiracy videos, okay, and raise the profile of mainstream news channels and their channels on YouTube. So, of course, once again, who, who are they going to punish? Who's going to get punished through that? Obviously, it's going to be you, Stephen. It's going to be me. Yeah. And it's because all these idiots come out, as you mentioned, immediately after the attack and say, multiple shooters, multiple shooters. We debunked it one by one but it goes viral every time. So because of that, they're now gonna come after us even more with the censorship. And we can get into that because Stephen, I don't know if you've got DMs open, but it's been an uphill battle over the past few days with this multiple shooter thing. People will not let it go despite the fact that it's been debunked. And now that's actually uh, causing The Guardian to write headlines, like the victims are horrified by this and YouTube has come out yeah. and said, Right, we're going to crack down. Well, and that's the problem with the whole kind of alt-right Trump, mm -hmm. Trump era, where people are just like, oh, you know, you just got to fight back any way you can. I go, hold on a second, hold on a second, hold on a second. Truth still matters. Values still matter. If you're okay with the lie, guess what? It ends up hurting us hmm. more than helping us. And that's where I really like Paul's video about it because it didn't sensationalize the horror and the no, evil. It just said it presented it for exactly series. what it is. It, evil is evil, and that's that's. It was evil enough without the conspiracy. And you know what else? This is a good, it ties right into the example of, you know, we released this Antifa video where we have, you can hear them talking on camera, giving out knives. Now, someone else ran with a story, Antifa was plotting mass knifings at Utah. Wasn't true. <laughs> so if you go to PolitiFact, what do they say? This is yeah. or one, one site, I can't remember, Snopes, but they all run together. Some fact-checking site didn't, say, didn't debunk anything in the video. They debunked the conspiracy theory that someone attached to the video in order to get clicks. So people out there, listen to Paul. You're not helping us when you do this. YouTube uses dumbasses like you to crack down on people like Paul who's telling the truth. And that you're giving them ammunition. I mean, the conclusion of my video was it looks like it's probably somebody who is not politically or religiously motivated. That's what I'm leaning towards. Right. They've analyzed his computers, his cell phones. They found absolutely nothing because we know now he potentially targeted Lollapalooza and this other festival, which were not, you know, right wing country music festivals. So it looks like it could be that. But... 
people heard like bullets in different places and stuff. And that's really accurate when it's picked up by a cell phone mic, isn't it? Yeah. Well, no, now we know. The guy was firing out the window. He was turning around and firing inside the hotel room at the door because the security guard uh, interrupted him. So that's why it was a harsh, loud sound and then a muffled sound that sounded far away because he was firing inside the hotel room. The other thing, uh, oh, there's a flashing light on the fourth floor. There must have been another gunman on the fourth floor. No, that flashing light was there before. It was there during the concert before the shooting. Yep. It gets debunked, but it, it's, it, there's so much momentum that once you actually address it, videos have got like three, four million views and they're off to the races. And you two says, right, him, him at the women's march with the pussy hat. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen that. Him at the women's march with the pussy yeah, it's hat. Not him. No, it's not it's him. him. It's yeah. exactly. And people are just like, why are you? Why are you? Why are you afraid? Why are you, 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 you such a cuck? No, it's, it's like, just not him. No, it's, it's not it's, true. It's, it's that flash of a headline say, hey man, it might have been an echo. Second fire. <laughs> Listen, the, the the image they use on the Guardian article that says the Vegas victims are horrified by this is literally the young girl on her phone after Sandy Hook, after this other shooting, after the Las Vegas massacre. Oh look, why is the same girl at every mass shooting event? Clearly a different girl. But that's <laughs> their big proof for how we need to crack down on these dangerous conspiracy theories, and it's all going to blow back on us as it has done in the recent past. Yeah, I, know. I remember last time uh, you were on the program and someone uh, someone who I used to be friends with was really upset. Why would you have that conspiracy theory uh, peddler? I said, well, hold on, which, which conspiracies? And he named ones that you had nothing to do with. And this is what happens, and unfortunately yeah. people out there who haven't actually, they, they've just become sort of more so rabble-rousing alt-writers with this election. They weren't long-term conservatives. The, the conspiracies are fun, and they like to push them. And sometimes they, they know it's not, and, they, and it generates clicks. The lie is often sexier than the truth. And that's why I really, at last minute, I was like, hey, can you come on? I really think people should go check out your video. It covers it from A to Z pretty extensively, and I think in a pretty in a pretty balanced way. Um, and man, I, I hope uh, YouTube doesn't come after you too hard. It seems like you're doing okay. I'm doing all right. I mean, I've been completely demonetized, but I never got any of that money anyway, so I didn't care. It all went to InfoWars. So <laughs> it never affected me. Hey, another affected plug them, for, probably. Another but plug I mean, for InfoWars. The, they can't the, complain. the final point on this uh, Las Vegas thing, like, there are some questions that are still unanswered. There was that eyewitness who said she was being told by a woman who was running around at the front of the crowd saying, you're right. going to die tonight. They're chasing another suspect who's apparently a woman. That's a genuine question, right? So the real eyewitnesses said it, reported it. Maybe she just hated um, country know, music you, a lot. Yeah, maybe she just hated yeah. country music. <laughs> but the, the hotel room receipt said he had another guest in his hotel room. That's confirmed. Who was his other guest? Yeah. What did his girlfriend know? And, of course, the motive. Was there a motive at all? These are all genuine questions. Let's concentrate on the real stuff and ignore the crazy stuff that's already been debunked. Yeah, I think you should apply the same amount of critical thought to a meme that's passed around on Facebook that even though it might appeal to your political views, as you do with the mainstream media, because guess what? All of the above are correct and no one is doing their job properly as it relates to Antifa we saw or as it relates to this shooting. I really, please go check it out uh, on YouTube, Prison Planet, on Twitter, Infowars.com. His video on it is awesome. Paul Joseph Watson, thanks for coming in last minute for us, man. I appreciate it. That's all right. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Go get a new map. It's getting wrinkly. We will wrap this up <laughs> after this. Bar there behind Cry, you think they ever use that shit? Use it for what? I don't know. For some reason that
he strikes me like a teetotaler or some shit, you know? Yeah, he's, got, he's like one of those fucking queers is on shape. Like, he's got that look where it's like, oh, no, I don't want to fucking drink 20 beers with you, man. I'm like, I'm going to go jump rope with my fucking queer friends. Yeah, I know. But you know, the thing is, <clears throat> you can have both. That's the problem. People don't understand. You just got to, you can drink all the beer you want. You just got to light a furnace the next day that burns it off. It's called circuit training. You ever tried that shit? Circuit training? I can tell you didn't try that shit. No, my fucking uncle's an electrician. You don't think I know about fucking circuit training? It is a complex with compound movements that uses large muscle groups. Yeah, I got large muscle groups, man. Look at them fucking quads. Look at them fucking quads. Are those my jorts? Circuit training, bitch. Watson, nice guy. Gavin Peterson Watson, good show. Good, good, yeah, guess. good. Huge good, week good. next week, by the way, too. We have big, big weeks coming up. And uh, hey, speaking of which, actually, uh, well, never mind. I'll get you had a good point during the break that you went, and then we'll we'll start with that, and okay, then I'll get so, to the other so point, which is a non sequitur. We talk with talk with Peterson about evil and things. I was thinking about this. It seems and like, things and things and stuff. Here's a tip. I know. Just, if you just don't have things. anything else as far as and things or and stuff, just, just say, say we we're say, discussing evil. Otherwise, evil. you sound like Al Sharpton. We were discussing evil and other such things and the likes of other such natures. Natures. <laughs> and the teleprompter stopped working. Oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. I forgot how to talk. What's my name? White supremacy, though. I said it. Um, so I was thinking, liberals really have a problem addressing evil and the cause of things, and so much so that they always seem to be tackling the problem five steps, six steps removed from where the origin began. So yeah. you have, you know, the gun issue. Instead of tackling things like saying, hey, maybe we should be more pro-family. Maybe we should be pro, you know, moms and dads involved with their kids and, and spending more time with their kids so they're not doing six hours of homework like we are talking about you earlier in Canada. Uh, in Canada. Um, instead of talking about that so that you can avoid the mass shooter kid at 18 who's gone off crazy because he has no family life, no thing involved. And oh, by the way, gun. we don't know if that's the case here, but we're talking no, about no, 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 as no, a talking, yeah. yeah, he wasn't 18. This is a whole fictional six, right. situation. Um, you know, let's let's put the gun comment, you know, conversation aside for a second. Let's talk about the families, you know, the origins of these problems. You see that time and time again. Instead of saying, "Hey, and I don't need to give you free college or a free job with you know wages you haven't quite earned yet," let's just make sure you are staying. Your were your mom and dad married, like we talked about earlier? Did they stay married? Did you graduate high school? Those things are going to determine so much more of your success than saying, "Hey, you didn't get success. So let's let me hand and, and it you know to what else? you." It, it's a good point, and it's. It, for example, you couldn't, describing it as the method, this is why I talk about the Socratic method so importantly, uh -huh. let's describe sort of the modern progressive method. You can never fix cancer that way. No. Like, oh, they're dead. Can we solve death? Can we solve that? Are people dying? Can we solve, well, why is he dead? That's <laughs> not important right now. He's dead. Oh, there's another guy dead. Do we have, do we have anyone in this death thing? $100 million to whoever, to death. Well, how about $100 million to, to looking into cancer? I don't want to hear cancer! <laughs> cancer. It is, it is true. They're they always addressing the symptom. And even more, when they talk about climate change deniers, if you, it is such an obvious mm. statistic with fatherless households. It is such an obvious statistic when you look at people and, and marriage and success. They have to suppress it. Because they're to allergic to self-responsibility. They're allergic to it. It cannot fit in. The modern progressive method requires that you only look at the symptom, don't look at the cause, particularly if it's offensive, 
and that you suppress information that doesn't fit with that. And that really is a dangerous place to be. And it's, 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 it's the big reason why they're not consistent. We talked about this with abortion. If you Can't think be. I'm wrong, go ahead and let me know. There's no consistent way to argue your position. Viability, uh, whether it's a sentient being, you can't argue that consistently. There always has to be a jagged little line unless you're starting with conception. Unless you're starting with, there's a, there, this person has their own unique DNA. This, this is a living, this is a life outside of the mother. Guess what, the goal of viability. Okay, what if someone lives in New York? And the baby would be viable because of technology outside of West Virginia. Well, uh, what are you a sentient being? Well, what does that mean? It means you have the ability for self-awareness. Okay, what if you're in a coma? What if I'm asleep? Mm. What, if I, what if I'm one of those people who is so mentally disabled that I, I'm not necessarily, I don't have the ability for self-awareness? And in which case they might support selective abortions, which uh, most leftists do, along with abortion after 20 weeks, and in Colorado, abortion after 26 weeks. There's no consistent way to argue the point. And again, the big reason is because you're dealing with the symptom of it, which is they see the baby as a symptom. Yeah. You're dealing with it, well, what about repro reproductive choice? Hold on a second, this is a great example. Reproductive choice. Anyone out there who's pro life I know a lot of libertarian atheists, do you really think that me, not gay Jared, that we're, we're, we're not pro-choice? We're pro four choices when it comes to abortion, okay? You have contraception, abstinence, motherhood, adoption. We're just not pro killing. Fifth choice, four choices we go with you. Fifth choice, no. Again, it's just to stop being dishonest about it. You're only addressing the symptom. If you look at the cause, you can look at the first two, which is abstinence or contraception. You're getting to the root cause of it. Now, how do you help people with abstinence and contraception? It's not by throwing rubbers at them in the high school punch bowl. It's by actually teaching them about sexual responsibility. And what happens with that? Then you have more people who actually wait to have children once until they're married. They have children inside, and then it becomes per generationally perpetuated. Could you imagine if in high schools right now, instead of saying kids, hey, you know what, work hard, vote for that person, you won't have to pay for college. What could you imagine if you incentivize them saying, hey, work hard, graduate high school, get married, stay married, and your chances of unemployment, your chances of poverty go down significantly. What if you start enticing kids with truth like that? I've never, heard, I've heard, obviously finish school, Stay in school, but I've never once heard never. at my graduation class, hey, by the way, find a good, what's really pivotal, kids, okay? Here, what's really pivotal, get your diploma, is finding the right person and staying with that person. And go through the statistics. A man who finds good what he finds what is good. No one has ever, to ever told me that outside of my father, no. of course. It was, it, was, it was dinner table conversation. They and can't again. tell you because, well, that would be moralizing. Again, and sucking conjecture. your baby out of two because of choice is not, yeah, these are statistics. And it is what leads to the inconsistency of the left. If you take nothing else from this show, take how, take the, this, how to think. I don't care, I don't care necessarily what you think. I want to know that you understand how to think. The left is incapable of this today. Why are you going left versus right? Okay, listen, if any of you believe in this whole left-right paradigm, man, is to keep in the dark. No, no, no one's keeping us in the dark when before the bodies are cold, Hillary Clinton is implying... Tim Kaine and Hillary Clinton are implying that a silencer is what led to the Las Vegas mass shooting. They politicize everything. So you know what? You do have to determine your worldview and figure out where you line up. If not, you're a pansy. You're not finding common ground. You're lying to yourself and you're lying to the people you find common ground with. And you're not really friends. You're lying to yourself about everything. This is, a, this is why the arguments are so inconsistent. Okay, let's talk right now. We'll talk about uh, uh, money. Let's lead with this. We'll talk about school and money. Okay, when they talk about higher taxes, they talk about basic universal income, which of course is always something that will be lower 
than the poverty line, because once you establish a basic universal income, the poverty line ran, then they're poor and they need more. So the government talks about this, inflate, this inflated tax, about taking money from people, and of course it includes the middle class. I, Forrest Griffin just challenged me on Twitter, something from a two-year-old tweet, or a tweet in 2016, saying, yeah, if you're gonna be, if you're gonna be uh, wrong, be louder. So Forrest Griffin, listen, you can you know, make that walk into the uh, arena, we'd be happy to host you. I know that he said, I'm a Democrat, but I like money, so Socratic method. How is that atypical? Democrats want people to have money, just not you. They want the government to have money. They want Cory Booker to have $100 million in money. They want, they want the, the National Educa Association of, uh, of Education. They want the pu public teachers unions associations. They want them to have tens of millions of dollars. They just don't want you or a business owner to have money. Democrats love money, as Jordan Peterson put it. They're, they're materialism. Okay, guns. Okay, let's think about this, gun control. All right, how do you implement or enforce gun control? There's only one way, by people with guns. Lots of guns. By people guns. with guns. Well, what do you mean? It is going to occur by force. If you are telling people, as you did, a, ma a mandatory buyback, if you are confiscating guns, people say, do this, this is a law, and if you don't obey the law, again, ask why, what happens, what happens? Down the line, someone with a gun takes you away and puts you into a nine by nine cell, which is guarded by people with guns. Here's the thing, everyone I just talked about, they work for a centralized government. Democrats aren't anti-gun, they want people to have guns just not you. They want the government to have guns. And so when you go along this trail and you never actually look at the root cause, you're only trying to patch up these symptoms and you're ignoring the giant cancerous growth beneath the surface. Imagine, there is no worldview. You think I'm an ideologue? You think Ben Shapiro's an ideologue? Guess what? If you have no worldview as the progressive left, they are completely devoid of a moral compass or worldview, you would have a society where you and I don't get to keep our own money, where you and I don't get to protect ourselves, have no right to guns, but the government has all of it. And you know what? That is just an absolute horrible society. It's about as bad as I can imagine. It's about as bad as Europe. We'll see you next week. Hopefully no European guests and they're not watching this. It only takes